Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. This is the Let's Do the Right Thing podcast, curated and presented by Adam Hopkinson. Hello and welcome to the LDTRT podcast, a podcast helping you see where industry leaders have started with a new direction and, well, done the right thing along the way. Today I'll be talking with Eric Stanford and asking specifically about Journey to Date and what have been the best and the worst things about it. I'm Adam Hopkinson, the host of this podcast, the founder of LDTRT, Let's Do the Right Thing. Those of you who don't know us, we're a specialist consultancy set to transform business by delivering best practice and excellence in the world of digital media. We do, of course, also have a passion for blockchain, so I'm particularly excited to learn more today. I have a couple of thanks uh, straight off. It's been a delight, as I've said before, working with Radio Works to get this project running. This wouldn't have happened without them, so thank you very much, guys. And also I need to say thank you for James Carey for the music. We have Erica Stanford. It's great to have you. Thank you for coming. Thank you. Adam. So I got into crypto fairly early, I guess, relative to everybody here now, and being a little bit nerdy helps with that. Um, but being attracted to rapid gains was, for me, more important than the application built um, that they were built upon until I really started looking and researching into it, which led to 2016 starting a planning and buying media agency that's supposed to be based on the blockchain. What drew you to the space particularly and how has your interest evolved over time? Um, I got into crypto after you, uh, start of 2017. Um, it was actually an ex called me up out of the blue. We hadn't spoken for about two years, but we'd been friends for years and years before that. Um, and he had a fund and wanted to research it and had heard about it and apparently fought through all of the people that he knew and thought that I was the biggest geek out of those and that I was the most likely to research it and get really interested in it. Apparently he knew me quite well. So um, he called me up, I think, a couple of times saying, I should look into crypto and I should, the next one, I should read all up about Ethereum. And I didn't know what these words meant. So I basically ignored him. And then the third time he called, <laughs> I figured if he's calling three times in a row out of the blue after a couple of years, I should probably look into it. So I, I did. I just started researching. Wow. And um, it, I think it took me about a, a month from his first phone call to the third one for me to research. And of course, it, prices had gone up slightly since then. But I, I just started researching into what it was doing, how digital currencies were being used, um, how they had the, the potential to change how payments were made. And a lot of the use cases about 
blockchain, how it was being used. Um, where in countries where there's no banking, I could see how it could replace the remittance industry. I could, I was just looking into a lot of the use cases, so just got super, super interested. Um, and so I dabbled in, in crypto and, and made some investments, and then I quit the job and was just investing wow, okay. full time so, for, <laughs> for so, so, a year. So you, you dabbled in crypto at the end of 2017 start, when there were the some... Start. Oh, from the start. Yeah. Okay, so good. So you didn't just like, go in at the end when everything was really high? No, no I got in earlier. Okay, good. <laughs> um, and, and was initially, I think I put a couple hundred quid in and I was just playing. Yeah. Just to see if you buy 20 quid worth of this and then send it what would happen and how it works. Yep. And then I, I, I got super hooked because you suddenly buy this digital currency and you basically press a button and then it arrives yep. at another address yep. basically instantly yes. and virtually for free. Yes, And you don't need anyone else to do anything about that. And you can check it yourself and you can see as it gets sent and you can see as it arrives. And there's no doubt that it's arrived there. And told the story a few times, but I'd been traveling previously. I'd done lots of traveling in Asia and South America and around. And one time years ago, I'd been traveling in Guatemala and spent the summer there. And I'd, I'd been mugged however many times. And I'd taken three or four credit cards with me. And of yep. course, the last one had been stolen, you know, along with my purse and any form of money I had. So I was in this tiny little town and had no card left no money left no means of paying for anything and so I walked miles through this just super dodgy area to the nearest western union and called my dad up and he answered the call kindly at like three o'clock in the morning london time and the Qu next he answered the call he answered kindly. the call he answered the call There's so no I wake way up. I'm gonna answer a call kindly at three o'clock <laughs> in the morning I've got a very nice dad um <laughs> And the next morning drove to town and went to the nearest Western Union and sent me some money. And I mean, this was years ago, but it cost 14%. Mm. And it took three days to arrive. So yeah. I had to walk back from the Western Union several miles. And then there was a, a very nice place that kindly put me up in a hammock and fed me until the money arrived that I could pay them. And then three days later, I walked back and picked up this cash and then was able to get a taxi back. But it was still, the whole thing was, was just a joke as to how expensive it is and how slow it is and how just how much of a ripoff it is and how it's just totally unnecessary mm -hmm. to have to drive somewhere and pay such crazy percentages and then wait so long for something that actually can be sent instantly and for free. And then I could see, I mean, you've got two and a half billion people around the world who don't have access to banks yep. because it's just not financially viable for the banks to go there, i.e. there's not enough profit in it. And you've got a lot of these people have been paying up to 30% of their total incomes to remittance companies. The average remittance cost is 6.9% globally, but that's up to 30%. And they're the poorest people in the world who mm. can't send money any other way. And especially you've got migrant workers or you've got people who have to often work day jobs in a different town to where they live. So every day they have to send money home to their wives and families to buy food to eat. So every day they're going through that process of having to get money. Yeah, absolutely. Um, to get money home. And then I could just see how big it could potentially be. And so I guess doubled my research efforts. So, but does that, that keep your, your focus on 
currency or does that keep it on blockchain? Well, so initially it was on the, the, the currency, the payment side. And then I, I I guess I started reading more about what blockchain could do. So initially it was, it was about the payment side. So I got excited about the investment side, but also I could see the potential initially just in the, in the, the sort of the, the digital currency payment side. And then I started reading up about blockchain and then um, I was just really lucky. I was just in London and met a load of people who were working in blockchain from some of the large companies and just got to know a lot, what a lot of people are doing. So learned a lot pretty quickly. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Well, you've done an amazing job because you know, you, you, you're kind of coming across in a minute as a little bit of a figurehead in the industry about actually bringing people together rather than having just met them. Well, that started, so the Crypto Curry Club. I, um, I came back to London I think early, I think that was 2018, and had recently split up with someone who'd called me an introvert as a parting jibe. So my, my motivation at the time was just to meet a lot of people when I was working in blockchain. So I thought initially I'll just meet as many people as I can working in blockchain and find out what they're doing and didn't want to be alone in my flat. So I spent three months going to every blockchain meetup and talk and networking event and everything going just to try and meet more people and to find out what was happening. And... Uh, three months in, I, I was just walking home from Shoreditch and threw a hissy fit at a friend one night, to be brutally honest, because all of the other meetups and it were just so shockingly bad. I mean, the, the majority are just um, used car salesmen, organisers who take a load of money from people to pitch at their audience and they mask them as information gatherings and they're not you're just sat in rows listening to sales pitches. Um, or they're very dry and technical, which is great, but I'm not technical and wouldn't understand really what they're talking about and I just wanted to meet people so I'd years ago just been to a property developers networking it was like it was a Christmas curry for property developers I'd been invited along 
And it was super friendly and everyone got to know each other and it was invite only, so everyone was quite happy to talk to everyone. And I figured that format would work very well and curry national British food. So uh, Crypto Curry was a logical name for a blockchain meetup. So I did one, just invited some people I knew, booked out an Indian restaurant, um, charged people at cost. And everyone that came stayed until late that evening from a lunchtime start and said it was the best networking event they'd ever yeah. been to. They're so great. yeah, so just kept on doing them and now I've got heads of tech from like most of the major companies yeah, coming it's, along it's, and so it's crazy. You're doing the right thing, right? You're bringing people right. together. You are you are are you centralizing or decentralizing if you bring skills together? I think centralizing probably. Yeah. But then you know you the introductions are getting made in the the events and people are going off and delivering projects out of the back. In fact actually, have you heard of anything that's come about because there's, of, a, there's a lot that's come about and really? some of it I, I under NDA, so I can't say. But there's a lot of very big things going on, i.e. some are insurance projects. There's an insurance project going on about a whole blockchain wallet and sort of uh, monies secured on blockchain, which um, from what I've heard is the first way of insuring money or value in that in that way. Um, and there's some pretty big of a partnerships going on, which are well, fantastic between between some big company names that you you would know. So, okay, well, yeah, I, 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 I get the I'm list pr- of everybody sure who's there. So, uh, <laughs> so I'll try, try and put some pieces okay. together myself. But you should probably change it. You know, I know you like the name um, Crypto Curry, but Blockchain Bolty. No. no, no, not even a little bit. No, okay, doesn't have the same ring. That's my, I that's even, my best I even joke got, for today. I even got introduced to two of the the biggest PR people in in the UK. And um, to talking about it, and they said no, keep keep the name Crypto Curry. It's catchy. Okay, Crypto Curry um, it is then. Yep. So pretty much everywhere I go now, people come up to me. You're the Crypto Curry lady. So. Yeah, they, they do, and, I, and I've yeah. seen it. And yeah. you're, you're, you're quoted in LinkedIn and on the news and in. Where am I quoted fr- on the news or LinkedIn about well, Crypto Curry? Uh, no, <laughs> the, the, the Crypto Curry Club comes up quite a lot, certainly. Oh, really? in Yeah, in in, in blockchain uh, forums as well. You're, you're really? Men- yeah, you're I don't go in these forums. You're, you're mentioned everywhere. Okay. It's great. It's really good to see. And, I didn't know that. Yeah, and that, that, that's the whole point of, you know, of of what I want to get across from from these podcasts okay. is that you, you've identified something, you've gone out and done it. People are backing you, and people are coming together yeah. because of you. It's great. Where do you think it's going to go? Um, I think it could be the biggest networking events in emerging tech. Um, I say that because of the traction we're getting. I mean, heads of tech, heads of blockchain from large, well-known enterprises. I mean, international companies. Oil and gas firms, large retailers, we've got VPs of banks and world's biggest payment processors coming along, getting some really senior, super cool people coming along. We've had some chairman of really large companies um, and getting founders of lots of really cool startups and, and blockchain and tech companies who are doing some really cool stuff. So I think based on the really cool people coming along who I'm frequently intimidated by. You shouldn't and, be. Um, you're enabling it. You're, you're making it happen. Oh, and I'm, I'm making some great friends out of it. And um, also, there's just no competition. I mean, that's why I started them, because mm. there's, no, there's no other networking events. There's no other way to meet people in emerging tech. And there's been a few copycat spin-offs, um, but none of them are getting the same traction or same quality of Watch people. Watch here for the blockchain bull tea. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to get it. <laughs> Well, but it's so it's so nice to see, and you know, in, in a in a world that's that's full of charlatans and snake oil salesmen and downright fraudsters, you know, you, you are doing right. the right thing by getting people to discuss the tech and figuring out how it can be used for the better of the world. And that, I mean, that's that's I mean, the only the only differentiator, basically. I mean, other than making them over food and specifically curry, and everyone loves food. Yeah, um, and, and that's curry. that's an icebreaker. Although in summer I'm hoping to have barbecues or something. But yeah, um, that, that that's an icebreaker. I mean, the, the only differentiators I do is just no sales pitches. 
Um, no, I'm just I'm from a sales background, so my bullshit filter, if I'm allowed to say that, is is pretty high. So we like, um, and so I, I'm very intolerant of that. So I'm just strict on that, and just invite only. Um, and lots of people email me every day saying, "Can they come?" And yeah, well, a lot of them for sure, for sure, if they're doing something valuable in the space. But I still probably say no to about sixty percent of people who message me. Really? Uh huh. Well, I've got uh, an ICO, less... ICO that I want to tell to people, and right. And I've I've had loads of um, loads of ICOs or projects offer me money to sponsor and sponsor an event or pitch at an event. Which I'm not accepting, and yeah, the you. the I think why they're good is that everyone, or pretty much everyone there, brings some serious value and has some something to add. Is there anything in particular that you're excited about right now? Um, so my favorite favorite project, just your favorite, I, my favorite favorite, favorite. Can we ask about your favorite one afterwards? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I've just got a favorite. <laughs> um, my favorite favorite is is plastic bank at the moment. Plastic so bag. Bank, 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 bank. Is it? Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's it's a blockchain project. So I've spent a lot of time in Asia, for example, and I mean you go anywhere and you just see it's just hordes of plastic just thrown away and people are yeah. horrible i mean people just throw rubbish everywhere just don't care about the environment and you look at the sea and you look at the beaches and you look at the environment it's just full of all the waste that we throw out i mean it's a, we're just a disgusting species yep. and there's been numerous attempts over the years to try and pay and incentivize people to pick up this plastic yep. um to get it out of the environment or get it out of the sea um, and to, to recycle it or just get it out of of the out of nature, and none of those projects have really worked. Mm-hmm. Um, various reasons is a um, what you had is that the people who were the ones who would go and pick up the plastic are sort of the lowest earners in in those countries. They're not people who have bank accounts, so they were being paid in cash. So one of the, the common problems is they'd go and pick up plastic and then take it away to be delivered and get paid in cash yep. and then be robbed when they left okay. for the cash. And that was a common problem. And if you can't be robbed... And um, what do you mean if you can't be robbed? Well, you can't be robbed if it's a if it's piece of code. Right. Yeah. So, But that, that was a problem. They were, they were earning cash mm. for this and then being robbed straight away, which, which wasn't ideal. And the other key problem is that they were... Being paid on based on the price of plastic. Now the global prices of prices of plastic were fluctuating, right. and these are people who probably haven't had access to an education and didn't understand yeah. that the amount they were being paid might change drastically day to day based on global prices. They saw it. Well, you paid me X yesterday, and today you're paying me Y. You're cheating me for yeah. the same amount. They didn't understand that, so they were disincentivized. Um, so those projects didn't really work. And you've got plastic bank. They um, but a, I believe they pay in a sort of a digital, yep. digital currency, which is sent by, by mobile phones. So again, even if that, so you is, might not be banks, but you have access to tech, that right? Can you you, store you value. can yep. you can store value, and even if that tech is broken or lost or whatever, you've still got yep. the, the access to that, and you can send it digitally. So that that solved problem number one. Um, they pay above market value at a set rate for the for the plastic. So you didn't have the worries about people feeling cheated and they felt they were very much more incentivized to go and collect this plastic. But what they do that's, I guess, innovative, they then recycle this plastic that's collected and record that on blockchain. Yep. So you've got uh, the provable sources of all of this recycled plastic and you can go, well, because they're, I guess, factories or whatever have been certified, um, you know that the plastic coming from them was picked up on X date and delivered to X location and was recycled into X product. Mm-hmm. 
and all that can be tracked. So you've got now as this sort of blockchain certified stamp for their recycled plastic, and you've got large companies, I believe Adidas and some some other pretty big companies, are paying premiums for this recycled plastic because they can actually for the first time prove yep. that they're getting recycled plastic. Indeed. Which again, I mean, if you look at food or retail or clothing, I mean, you, the scams Absolutely. and fraud are, are a joke. And it brings it brings purpose into those brands. They can connect with people who are interested. Totally. In so it's it's good for their it's yep. good for their social. <laughs> Well, it's yeah. I mean, it's good for their PR. It's good for their sort of social presence, and it also it just means that uh, you, you're actually getting rid of this plastic out of the environment. And frankly, I mean, if you look at how much waste you produce, I mean, there's the whole retail industry is is pretty shocking. So if you've got something that yeah. okay is still producing more needless consumer goods, and I'm as guilty as anyone else of buying those. So it's a, it's, that, that sounds like a brilliant solution to getting the stuff out of the sea in the first place. But do we need to get on the other end as well and stop people putting stuff in the sea in the first place? Ideally. So, do, I mean, we've got a bottle of um, fizzy water between us. and Highlighting how hypocritical I am being talking about well, this. Well, no, 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 <laughs> not, not at all. I mean, I'm actually looking for a barcode on there and there isn't one on here. But, you know, it's not too far away mm. Um, in complexity to have a QR code that has an individual that, t- tag to an individual that product. Is, that is happening. And there's a guy from one of the curries, from the curries, who's working on a project. Now, he's been, he won't say which, but it's been funded, I believe, by a government and by one of the main, is it one of the main supermarket chains? I'd have to check with him. But it, 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 they're working on a project. Terrific. And it's it's been trialled, I believe, in Germany. So they're they're putting codes mm-hmm. on plastic bottles brilliant and because what what you had and you can trace it through the supply chain well, and see. well no so it's it's about you've got these machines that yeah. gobble up these plastic bottles to, to recycle them yeah and you've even now got people that will pick them up but what you had though they they tried to do these i believe it was in germany and there was some sort of loophole that you could effectively repeatedly put the same bottle or so okay. through it right. and, and claim your reward multiple times okay. for these bottles. Right. Um, and I, I don't know how it worked. But they, they've got these now. Every bottle has a unique code. Okay. And when the machine gobbles up that... And destroys the that, code. ...that bottle, yep. then you get sent money back for that code. Yep. And, I mean, I guess the next stage is in holding people accountable, eh? How many well, exa- bottles exactly. you buy so and you then see how, the... what percentage. Yeah. And then that would be like an Uber rating, et cetera. Indeed, like and you, you see the point in the supply chain where it gets failed. So if you, if you, if you pass on the... You know, the, you make it incumbent upon you to dispose of that correctly when right. I deliver it to you. Then, then fantastic. Right, and if you if you've got a below whatever ninety percent ratio of recycling plastic bottles, and you're not allowed to buy it anymore, whatever it is. Oh wow! Um, License for well, no, plastic that, bottles. That, that hasn't happened yet, yeah. but I mean, if you look at some of the the global governance yeah. practices, the government is tending to be that way. So that could be an next stage, and that's what's super exciting about blockchain in general. I mean, if you look at I don't know, food or clothing, whatever supply chains mm. you've got. I mean, over 10% of all fruit, food or wine that we buy isn't what you think it is. If you think you're buying beef or it might be horse. If you think you're buying manuka honey, it's always certainly not. If you think you're buying... Sorry, what was that second one? Manuka honey. Oh, okay. As, as some something stupid like for every every X amount of manuka honey produced, it's something like 30 or 100 or 30,000 times whatever that amount sold. Really? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a joke. Wow. Um, or if you think you're buying organic eggs, they're probably not. Or what there's... Well, yeah, exactly. And, and likewise exactly. with clothing. Exactly. Right. Clever. Oh, yeah, Second joke of the day. It's really so. long. <laughs> half German, half German. Come on, I'm slow at this. <laughs> um, and, and likewise with clothing. I mean, yeah. it's, if you just look at how many stages are on supply chains, if you're a brand, it's super hard to know. 
if the people producing the t-shirt if they're actually being paid or if they think they if they're because yep. there's just so many layers and so much gets outsourced so there's so much slavery in in clothing and so much pollution and so much environmental waste i think it's the second most polluting industry in the world yes and there's it's it's not excusing large brands but it is because of how many stages there are in the supply chain for it to be practically possible it's really hard for them to control yeah. whereas if you add in blockchain and and provenance and even digital currency to prove where money's going you can show a lot more to highlight how much energy is being used or the what ingredients are going into something or what if the cotton is actually organic or where it comes from also so you've got a lot more transparency and you've got a lot more evidence over everything that you're wearing or eating and i i guess what i'm excited by is i guess the, the next stages and at the moment it's just about getting brands to adopt that and to change their their um day-to-day what's the word supply chains or, mm. or business processes to adopt that which is a lot and everybody should win out of it right so you should disintermediate the middle you should actually see the money move into the right people the people at the end get paid fairly for what they're right. doing are we going to get there but, I, I ideally i mean for large brands uh, if they can get away without having the transparency they'd probably rather not and i mean there's always going to be some middlemen will stand to to lose out and there's so much work needed and even if mm. you've got go back to the original factories if you've got one brand putting so much more effort in terms of adding details on the blockchain or proving certain facts for the factory owners they might think well there's a hundred other brands that don't require that, so we just won't supply that brand anymore. So there's there's a lot of practical challenges, and the problem with blockchain is not the tech; it's the ninety percent that's the people issue. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but if you could get that implemented, which which would require either force by a government, or it would require a company that has such a, a huge monopoly mm-hmm. that it's got the ability to control that and demand that for their entire supply chain, but or just one company that isn't profit-driven that will just do it on principle, that has huge huge money to burn to do it. But um, if if there are one or a couple of companies that do that, that could then provide effectively a transparency table for clothing or food and change how consumers make their decisions. Uh, you went out on loan and you, you set up two really respected movements in the in the industry. So you know, thank you for doing that. For me, you know, selfishly and very hungry for advice here, you know, setting out on my own mm-hmm. and maybe listeners to this that may be thinking about doing the same thing. Yeah. What's the thing that you would tell them? Just do it? Just do it. And I mean, it wasn't perfect when I started and it's not remotely perfect now. But I, I love that yours is a response to somebody saying that you're introverted. <laughs> you, you know, to that, so, Which I am. That, that's quite, that's quite a, a response to it that, you know, wow. Well, yeah. Would you have done it anyway? Um, Was it an itch? Did you always have a thing that I want to, I want to lead something, I want to create something, I want to deliver something? Well, that... certainly not about networking events. Gosh, well, no. I, I mean, I hate... But this is... I hate networking. But you're so I'm, good at it. No, but I'm not. You are. I'm not at all. Take me to any of those other events and I'm the awkward person standing at the edge of the room and I'll go to any of the other events and I'll talk only to people I know, unless I get introduced to someone. But the whole going up to a total stranger and, hi, my name's Erica, what do you do? Not natural. Don't enjoy it. And 90-whatever-8% of the people there aren't going to be of interest or value. And I'm super, super fussy about how I spend my time. So I'm not naturally good at it at all. But from A, from running my own, you get to meet so many more people, which is, is really cool. But 
also I think the format of the curries it makes it so easy to talk mm. to people because you're sat opposite people sharing food and you know that everybody there is there for a particular reason has been invited for a particular reason so you know you're not going to be wasting your time talking to anyone and it's just so much easier to talk to people if you're sat opposite someone sharing an on and being made to stand up and introduce yourself and say a fun fact about yourself or whatever, <laughs> yeah, whatever it is it's it's just a much easier format it so, is. it's a great format um, but no, it's a I, fun. I hate networking but you're so, you are so good at it from a, from a you're, you're very good at it. Maybe at my own events. <laughs> <laughs> I should really say thank you cool. for your time. That's, no, um, thank you for the thank you for coming in. Plastic it's, water bottle and the two throwaway Coca Cola cans that I've consumed. In you've done office. well, and I'm going to have to go and check out Plastic Bank now. <laughs> right. Um, thank you very much for thank coming you, in. Adam. To hear more, subscribe to the show, and why not leave us a nice review while you're there, as it helps others find us. Let's do the right thing. Was devised and presented by Adam Hopkinson, and was a Maple Street Creative production. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.